Welcome to 359. I'm Aya Zaktar. I'm Ben Fox Rubin. All right, today we've got lots of news. You ready? Yes, okay. let's do it. Well, thanks for joining me, by the way, Ben. <laughs> Huawei's been in the news for a while. Let's break it down. The company is the world's second biggest smartphone maker and was added to the U.S. Commerce Department's entity list. That bans Huawei from buying tech and components without U.S. government approval. The Commerce Department, Commerce Department granted a temporary general license that lasts until August 19th. Now, Google said it will work with Huawei until that time. After that, Huawei's pretty much on its own. The BBC then reported on a memo that said the UK-based ARM must suspend its business with Huawei. Now, ARM designs mobile chips that are in tons of Android phones, like Huawei's. Ben, what do you think this is going to have? What kind of impact do you think this is going to have on the smartphone market at large? So, as best as I can understand, Huawei isn't, uh, they don't sell mobile phones in the United States. Correct. Is that right? That's correct. So, uh, the impact isn't really going to be as significant here, but I'll be really interested to see if something goes on in Europe, if uh, they really get hampered in their own market in China, because if if they are losing these major partners like Arm, as, as the BBC is reporting, like Google, how are they actually going to support themselves as a business? Yeah, so it would need to def- either design its own chips or find a chip maker outside of Arm, and that's kind of pretty difficult to do. Then you've got uh, open source Android maybe as an option. Uh, Huawei saying that they would be, they're working on a plan B for Android. Do you think they could get that off the ground anytime soon? No, it's really difficult. I mean, Samsung has been developing their own operating system, their mm-hmm. own mobile operating system for a really long time, and they've had a really difficult time uh, doing something like that. So uh, as much as I would like to see more competition uh, with iOS versus Android, I think that coming up with something from Huawei just all of a sudden is is would be very difficult. I also want to mention that this has been a very slow boil uh, against uh, Huawei for a long time. Mm-hmm. If uh, people remember, their CFO uh, was going to get extradited to the United States. So they, they've just had compiling problems, compounding problems, excuse me. Both. Next, uh, <laughs> next up, Bloomberg's reporting that Amazon's working on a wearable device that can recognize human emotions. It would have microphones and would figure out how you are based on your voice. Bloomberg says that eventually the technology could be able to advise the wearer how to interact more effectively with others. Ben, do you think anyone's interesting, interested in a device like that right absolutely. now? Absolutely. What could possibly go wrong? That's absolutely... Um, look, there's so much conversation that's going on mm-hmm. about these major tech companies having too much information, too much user data. How are they using it? How long are they storing it for? Does it really make sense to have a product that comes out that could actually register and understand human emotions? And then what did the Bloomberg story say? That it's going to recommend or suggest things so yeah. that you can better uh, uh, communicate with other people? Like Interact seems- more effectively. I mean, maybe it's a party device. Maybe it's this idea of like, hey, we're going to talk about something at the cocktail cocktail party. They're saying, Ayaz, don't talk about religion or politics. Right. Not, yeah. Not don't don't comment on, you know, this person looking tired. You know, <laughs> like, do I really need a device that does that? That's that's highly I, suspicious. I don't no, know. I, thank thought you. Was, I thought it was crazy that it would take pictures of you and give you ideas for outfits. But that's Amazon. And lastly, there's a new entry into portable gaming. Say hello to Playdate. It's made by Panic, a company better known for iOS and Mac software. Here's the pitch. It's a little yellow Game Boy-esque device with a black and white screen, a D-pad, two buttons, and a hand crank. For Um, gaming. For gaming. I'm not making that up. The games are a secret for now, but there are 12 in what Panic calls Season 1. You'd get one new game each week. It will cost around 150 bucks, and Panic says Playdate is shipping in early 2020. Ben, I've got one question for you. Why? 
What are you talking about? This is a totally awesome idea. Panic, when they were talking about this, were saying, like, look, we're self-funded. We wanted to test out and try new and fun things, and here it is. And it really, to me, looks like a labor of love, and I really appreciate and like the fact that they are coming out with it. I think it's fun and retro that it's black and white. My central problem here is the $150 price tag mm-hmm. in that uh, it's really not in the impulse buy category. I'm not trying to knock them for not coming up with like a $50 device. I feel like that's probably like dirt cheap. But at the same time, I know I'm probably not in the market to buy it at that price. Yeah, I don't quite get it at all. 150 bucks is way too much. 50 bucks one day, I bet, for my play date. If you want to read more about these stories, check them out at CNET.com. He's Ben Fox Rubin. He's Aya Zaktar. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.